Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, one of the hosts for the longest-running Dynasty-focused podcast on the planet, the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Each week, we'll bring you an episode packed with relevant and actionable Dynasty information that you can use to help win your league. When I'm in the host chair, we might even play a game or two. We are always open to topic suggestions, so if there's something you'd like to hear us discuss, please let us know. Thanks for listening. Hey, what's up? So uh, ranks are constantly changing. Please take the database. I've recently updated my rookie ranks as well post-draft. Um, uh, ADP is crazy this year. I've been digging into it. I'm writing up late round sleepers. So obviously I spent the last two days or so investigating early round risers uh, because that's the way I am. But I found some really interesting things, or I think they're really interesting, about the rookie ADP from this year's uh, class and uh did a thread about it on Twitter. I'm gonna write it up. I don't know if DLF is gonna be interested in it, so I might just put it up on Patreon. Check it out there, maybe. Um, and let's talk about it in this podcast. Do you have the time to listen to me grind? Take down the film watchers and learn some at once. I am one of those skeptical of status quo. Okay, so this year's rookie class it has a clearly defined tier one, and it's Brees Hall at the 101. There is one tier player in the tier one of the 2022 rookie class. We haven't had a player this certainly the 101 since 2018 when Saquon Barkley was taken at the 101 by consensus through 10 mock rookie drafts DLF couldn't find anyone to draft anyone else at the 101 spot it's pretty likely if you want Brees Hall you have to trade into the 101 now unlike with Saquon Barkley Brees Hall is much it's it's at least partially about the the dearth of other running backs in this class, especially in this range of outcomes. Now, Brees Hall has an elite profile. We should have an elite expectation for him in the NFL. We should expect him to be a top 12 running back next year. So I've got no problems. But if you want Brees Hall, you have to trade for the 101. And it's worth making a move now because the player in your league with the 101 already currently intends to draft Brees Hall. There's no point waiting for them to get on the clock. And if you have that pick, I would honestly just take Brees Hall at this point. After that, there's a three-player tier where there's a high amount of variance. I measured it with a coefficient of variation. But there's a high amount of variance within those picks for the next three players. And that's Drake London, Trey, Traylon Burks, and Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker is the other running back people are willing to take. I think he's actually been elevated up as different people discuss whether he can be Derrick Henry or can learn or start catching the ball for the Seahawks honestly at this point I've moved him down my draft board a little bit and I would honestly rather take a shot at my tier one wide receivers over Kenneth Walker I realized I was leaning into the scarcity a little much and his floor and ceiling range of outcomes because of his lack of receiving in college is honestly lower and even though I do believe he can catch a ball and the Seahawks might ask him to catch balls there's no reason for me to build that into his profile especially in this class yeah there's just not a lot of running back 
elite profiles. They just don't exist. Um, I agree that he should be in the top four picks, but I'm not heavily trading for him. Uh, Drake London and Trellon Burks both have high amounts of variance, like 54 and 36% of variance within their 10 mock drafts. But at the wide receiver's position, it actually seems to be elevated. Uh, flipping over now to the averages um, from this class compared to every other class, we are drafting wide receivers heavier in this class than we ever have since 2017, um, and I think it probably goes back further as well. I've got nine wide receivers being drafted in the first round, not a single tight end, not a single uh, quarterback either, um, and we're just drafting running backs uh, those two running backs and straight wide receivers. That's a little crazy to me, considering the note of this class is a depth of okay rather than a wealth of greatness. But you've got to draft someone, and clearly, especially based on draft capital, the wide receivers are where it's at this year. James Cook is falling into the end of the first round at pick 12 overall, uh, pretty consistently there, or early first early second round and honestly I'm just fading away from that pretty hard I think he's going to be a good role player I think his his value is being elevated by the lack of other running backs especially where he is the last one drafted in the second round but he's a different kind of prospect to me then both Walker and Brees Hall especially Brees Hall so I'm not overly interested in it but uh Traylon Burks and Drake London make up a, a definite tier between those two running backs in overall ADP and again they're elevated very variance is fairly common now both players were most commonly selected the mode of pick used on them was the second overall pick but drake london was selected more often at the second round now he has a higher amount of variance in Traylon Burks, essentially because he he's Pick selection varied between two and eight compared to Traylon Burks, who was uh, picked between two and five through those ten mock drafts. So honestly, while Traylon Burks profiles is more the play you've got to trade up to get, um, I honestly think you need to trade up to the third overall pick to get Traylon Burks. Obviously, this is all in one QB, and if you want Drake London, you probably should trade up to the 102. I think he's more commonly going to be the 102 in most drafts. And I don't disagree with either, and definitely don't disagree with either going before Kenneth Walker. Uh, Garrett Wilson is the third wide receiver taken after the Kenneth Walker pick. He has very consistent ADP in that he was selected between pick three and pick six, and very rarely came outside of that range. In fact, through the first round, there are three players that stick out as having incredibly consistent ADP, um, and one that you need to trade up to get and that's Brees Hall obviously who I already mentioned Traylon Burks and Garrett Wilson those are the only three players that were never selected outside the top six picks now both Wilson and uh, Burks fell to pick five and pick six respectively but it was only in one particular draft out of those 10 mocks consistently and th- and those are the only three players not to be drafted uh, outside the top eight picks they were all All three of them were drafted inside the top six at minimum. Everyone else in the first round um, was drafted at least at pick eight at some point through those 10 mocks. And in fact, everyone from pick, uh, what is it, pick six to pick 12 was drafted um, all the way, uh, the lowest draft pick used on them was like pick 12 or even outside the first round. So... When we're talking about tiers, we have Brees Hall in a tier of his own. Then we have a strong wide receiver tier, a two-player tier. Um, and you can include Kenneth Walker in that tier too. So we've got a three-player tier though. And, and then we have a three or four-player tier with uh, Garrett Wilson, James Williams, and Chris Olave. And then a strong end of the 
end of the uh, round tier with Sky Moore, Christian Watson, Jahan Doxon, George Pickens, and James Cook. My interest in that late set, late first round pick starts and stops at George Pickens. I'm somewhat interested in Sky Moore and Christian Watson, but I'm not honestly. I don't honestly think I'm willing to trade back into either of them, and I don't really want to trade up into either of them as well. Chris Olave is an interesting prospect. I moved him up in my ranks because I realized I'd just uh, incorporated the lack of noise around Chris Olave into my ranks rather than my own evaluation. So I've actually put him up right next to Wilson. Chris Olave actually did better, slightly, marginally, um, than Garrett Wilson in my pre- and post-draft models. Um, and my pre-draft notes literally really, why would I ding him for staying in for an extra year, ultimately? It's not like JSN is in this draft. Um, and so, yeah, I'd probably f- prefer Chris Olave at this point to Garrett Wilson, but they're neck and neck. Um, and if I want Chris Olave, I'm going to have to trade up to get him. He's one of the few players in the... F- um, first round that I'm heavily interested in that has a relatively small amount of variance in the picks used to select him in DLS Rookie ADP. Only 15% of variance within those 10 mock drafts. He was selected between uh, pick 5 and pick 8 and if you want him on your roster you're probably going to have to make a conscious effort to go get that pick. I would guess um, since the most common pick used to take him was, uh, what was it? It was like... uh, pick seven and um, i would guess you would actually have to trade up to at least pick six to make sure you get chris alave he was selected um fifth overall in two of those 10 mock drafts but it's relatively rare that's only 20 percent of the 10 drafts that were done um and so if you want chris alave you have to make a conscious effort to trade into that sixth pick i think and and hope james williams goes before chris alave in your particular draft obviously reading your the temperature of your league makes is going to help out more than what ADP is. So, but if you're in a league where you don't know anyone or you're not in constant com- communication with them, that gives you a rough range of an idea, way, a rough range of where you can go to try and get Chris Olave. And I'll probably have to make a conscious effort to do that because he's not in the top tier um, and he's not falling to the bottom of the tier. He's not someone that falls to you. So, like Brees Horn, Traylon Burks, and Garrett Wilson, if you want them, you probably have to trade up and get them. Despite the high amount of variance in Drake London's draft pick selection, like 54% of his um, draft picks were different from each other. That's what the coefficient of variation is essentially telling me. But wide receiver variation, especially at uh, that high of an ADP, tends to run higher than running back as well, based on having looked back to 2017 at this point. And honestly... Where he was the most common second selection, I'm putting him in that group of, if you want him, you have to come and get him. You know, Lord of the Rings-esque. Again, I have to trade up to that 102 if you want Drake London in most drafts. Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson are the same thing. Despite being drafted after consistently and Drake London, they are not falling very often beyond their picks. If you want Garrett Wilson, you're probably going to have to trade up to that fifth spot. If you want Traylon Burks, you're going to have to trade up to that third spot. And like I said, if you want Brees Hall, you're going to have to trade up to the one spot. The only other player I would say in the first round that has a definite you need to trade up or trade for them um, instead of letting them fall to you, one of the natures of this year's... um, rookie ADP is that there is a higher amount of uncertainty or coefficient of variation being measured in this first round and it's because there's such a wide range of picks for so many wide receivers being drafted in the first round 
Um, Chris Olave is the other one I would definitely trade up to get. Now, Jahan Doxon and George Pickens also have very consistent ADP. They have the least amount of variation in their picks, but they're consistently drafted at pick 10 or later. I think there's just a lack of anyone else to draft over them by the time we get there. And it's really Christian Watson and James Cook that are varying up and down and remaining in the first round or dropping out to the early second. And so that's what the first round of rookie mocks are probably going to, rookie drafts are going to look for you. Uh, If you want Brees Hall, you want the first pick if you want either of those first tier wide receivers in London and Burks you're going to have to make a move to go and get them Kenneth Walker falls outside of that range so if you want Kenneth Walker and you have the 102 pick you do have some leeway and even though there's a high amount of variance I do think in most drafts London and Burks are actually going to end up being selected over Walker increasingly if your draft hasn't happened yet especially um, or started yet especially I think Walker's going to start to fall below those two wide receivers as the hype train's continue to roll. Uh, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, both neck and neck in my rankings, and I think you have to trade up to get them specifically, and everyone else falls to a tier. At the end of the first round, like I said, the only player I'm really interested in allowing or being or the minute George Pickens goes off the board, as well as everyone I've already just mentioned, I'm no longer interested in first round picks, and I start to think about the players that are currently available in the second round um, of most mock drafts and according to DLF ADP. Of those, um, very early in the second round, Rashad White and David Bell both have relatively tight ranges in that early second round. I really like both. Interestingly enough, Damian Pierce and John Mitchell have shockingly little interest in are the other two in those top four picks in the second round all of those ADPs or all of those um, draft pick selections are operating in a much tighter um, coefficient of variation in other words there's less variation in those picks in the early second round Now, when I was comparing this class to past classes, something that sticks out to me, actually, is that uh, we actually have more variation through the first three rounds than any other draft since 2017. We've never been least sure who to take, um, or there isn't, there's such a large lack of consensus in those first four picks because of Burks, London, and Walker jumping up and down and around each other so much. And in 2022, rookie ADP, unlike 2017 and 18 and and even 19 20 and 21 to be honest with you we really don't start to show an increased amount of certainty until we get to the fifth round and then when we get to the fifth round we are incredibly certain if you have a sleeper in this class it is probably important that you go out and make a move to make sure you secure a pick where they will likely be available. Again, you can check out DLSADP or my Twitter thread or the article that I'm going to post somewhere eventually to get a good idea of where that pick might be for the player you're interested in. But the deeper you go in this draft, the more certain people are getting of actually selecting, which is not unusual, but that's the nature of the 2022 draft class, where it is not the nature of the 2021 draft class, where we were increasingly certain sure who we wanted in the second round and even the third round and the fourth round and in the fifth round the certainty of who we wanted to draft actually started to escalate where sleepers were much more varied Interestingly, the other draft class that has a similar type of pattern to my eye for the 2022 class is 2019. We were pretty varied between round 1, 2, 3, and 4. And in fact, round 5 showed more variance than we're currently showing in rookie ADP um, in the 5th round. But it is significantly lower or more certain in that 5th round. Um, Something I find interesting about that is the 2019 actually seems to have a higher proportion of hits outside that first outside those first two 
rounds. We have Deontay Johnson, Terry McClellan. Uh, Drew Locke was drafted in the third round. I don't know if you want to call him a hit or not in one QB ADP, but at least he was startable for a year. We also have Hunter Renfro, Miles Gaskin, and Preston Williams being drafted in the fifth round of DLF ADP in 2019. Now, again, it's not that there aren't hits every year in most rounds, and deeper players always are going to hit to make us believe that those picks have value, even though, like, they don't. The entire fourth round was misses, by the way. Can I throw out some names to you just to remind you of how painful those later picks can be? Cool. Dexter Williams, Trayvon Williams, a lot of Williamses, Kale Waring, Gary Jennings, Max, Mike Weber, Keyshawn Johnson, Emmanuel Hall, Dawson Knox, James Williams, a lot of Williamses, uh, Travis Homer, and Josh Oliver. That's an entire round we could have just skipped over in 2019 that has a higher number of hits in those later rounds than most draft classes by my eye, just looking through the ADP history. Anyway, I thought it was interesting that there was a similar pattern to certainty the deeper we got into the draft in the 2019 season and in 2022. It's not an exact patterning, obviously, and kind of peering at eggshells with a five-year sample and just variance within a particular draft round and um, since uh, some of that especially in the first round seems to be heavily influenced by whether we're drafting wide receivers or we're drafting running backs and um, but there is some evidence especially in the later rounds for example when we get certain in the 2022 a rookie adp is round pick 45 so late fourth round we get incredibly certain about who we're taking and um, and we see a higher uh, a drop-off in wide receiver drafted rate in terms of the number of players being drafted being wide receivers is actually starting to drop off at that point. In 2020, we see a similar certainty in our ADP from pick 45 onwards, but we're actually consistently drafting wide receivers throughout that section as well. And so that relevance to positional certainty um, definitely seems to have more variance in it than just we are less certain when we draft wide receivers. Um, but if we were drafting the first four, four picks, or even in the first round overall, especially in the top six picks, wide receivers tend to vary more on where they're selected and that you can get them at more commonly different ADPs in those first six picks than at running back. When running backs are selected early, we are pretty confident in where they should be taken um, since 2017. Kind of gone off topic here a little bit even though I'm staying on topic look at that so uh yeah Rashad White and David Bell stick out to me in the early second round and I really think you have to trade for the one 201 and 202 if you want either of them and kind of have two picks within those first three um second round picks to either get Rashad White or David Bell which I guess I now have to make a goal Isaiah Spiller is going pretty consistently in the mid-second round, uh, so around pick 204, 205, um, and the variance moves on from there. Increasingly, as we get deeper into the second round, players jump up and down. Wanda Robinson is probably going to be an easier player to let fall to you this year, along with Alec Pierce, than Isaiah Spiller, because from there and above, um, we're pretty consistent in that early second round. So yeah, that's about it. Um, if you're interested in Brees Hall, Drake London, Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, or Chris Olave, I would strongly recommend trading up to get those picks because they are falling less often looking at this data. Um, I'm relatively uninterested in the late first round, and honestly, outside of Brees Hall and Traylon Burks, I don't see anyone I'm going to make a concerted effort to overpay for um, if 
whoever owns the pick that I need to do it um, is going to make me do it. Um, I do want to add Chris Alave some places. I feel pretty confident about him and Garrett Wilson, but they're in that mid-range. According to the DLF Trade Finder, there are actually some reasonable trades to be had um, in 2022 because everyone's valuing... Um, 2023 picks so much 2022 picks are starting to get undervalued somewhat however in my leagues that has not been true but based on the trade finder and dlf within the five to eight range i can actually find a number of trades that have gone off relatively recently for a first round pick in the 2022 class plus a second round pick in order to get to the five to eight range so a lot of people trading back i suspect into that later first round and i'm happy to let them take the christian watson Jahan dotson shots if i can go up to get garrett wilson and chris alave and outside of that i'm strongly interested in the early second round much like last year I feel more confident in trying to highlight uh, or trying to target my second round sleepers as it were and Rashad White and David Bell um, or e- and even Isaiah Spiller and Wondell Robinson to a certain extent to the mid to the late second round and then I do letting players fall to me um, in the late first round but look at the data look at the players use your own ranks obviously but that's kind of where i'm at i was recently listening to the flagship podcast of the dlf trade network and they were talking about how there are 11 players are overly they they consider a tier in in the first round i i get what they're saying because you know george pickens of is of a lot of interest i think johan doxon is being somewhat underdrafted as a first round wide receiver towards the late first round of rookie dress i understand it i like sky more I think he's good, um, but I'm less interested in it. There is actually probably only two players I really want to trade up to get, and some and two players I want to make a concerted effort to try and get because I think they're pretty good. And again, I want them on dynasty rosters, and that's Brees Hall and Traylon Burks are the the ones I really want to go and get. And then Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, they feel pretty confident I should try and add in places. Outside of that, the only player I'm really interested in falling to me or catching in the late first round is George Pickens. And I have two or three or four players in two different tiers that I'm interested in that second round with Rashad White and David Bell and then Isaiah Spiller and Wondell Robinson. I mean, there are other good players here. I'm somewhat interested in Alec Pierce. And I'm somewhat interested in Trey McBride. I think... The scare of Zach Ertz has gone way too far to push his ADP down to the uh, the late second round. Um, and he's a player I feel more confident with at the late first round, which I will never have to draft him at, by the way, even though that's what my ranks and, and my draft board says, because I get more interested in Trey McBride very heavily in the late first round than current ADP. And and that's a takeaway I didn't mention earlier, so I mention it now. Uh, Jalen Talbot's also going in the late second round. Again, check my ranks, check my notes. You're going to find a few players that are elevated from uh, DLS early rookie ADP. Um, uh, Khalil Shakir, uh, Justin Ross are going in the third and the fourth round. But that's maybe for another conversation, because that feels like enough talking about ADP. And also, I have to write that article. I was actually asked to write instead of the one I just came up with. So uh, let me know what you think of my ranks. Let me know where you think I'm wrong. I think this data is really interesting. I've never really looked at it from the perspective of it can tell you exactly where you need to be especially when you can take into account the variance within those draft selections of those 10-round mock rookie drafts. And and honestly, I'm finding pretty good consistency. It's also leading to some historical trends, 
which tell us something about the nature of this draft class, not just that there are wide receivers being drafted heavily in this first round compared to other draft classes, um, but also where our certainty is coming from in different rounds. For example, if I was looking at it this time last year, um, I would have been talking about the second round being a heaven certainly round. If you wanted a player in the second round, you heavily have to trade for that specific pick. I struggle with that word, um, in order to draft them. Now, we kind of knew that, and I think we talked about it somewhat, but this, it just jumps off the page. There's only 14% of variance in the second round in 2021. Everyone knew exactly who they wanted um, for, to pick 201 to pick 212. This year, there's slightly more certainty, and it's actually slightly above average in the second round, but it's not the the average of the second round certainty is around 17.4%. In 2022, it's 18.7, coefficient of variation, again, if you're interested in the formula. It's just a standard deviation divided by the average, showing you how much variance is going on. And I think that's because of that early first round with both David Bell and Rashad White being heavy favorites in that in those early first four picks. And also, apparently, John Meachie and Damian Pierce, because he's the only Houston running back, who could possibly do anything, apparently. Um, and then the variance jumps back up in the 2022 class. So if you want your sleeper, the third and the fourth round is actually pretty decent ra- uh, range where you can have an expectation players are more likely to fall to you without having to trade for an exact pick. Because we don't get certain again until the fifth round. And honestly, most of my dynasty drafts don't even do fifth round picks at this point unless we have taxi squads or very deep rosters. So certainty isn't going to come back into play until we get to the waiver wire, apparently, in most most dynasty leagues I, I, I'm currently playing in. Anyway, uh, let me know what you think of this episode of looking at the data this way. I find it really interesting. Maybe check out that article when I get it written and posted somewhere. Um, and definitely check out that Twitter thread because I find it really interesting. And, you know, sometimes hearing numbers doesn't work. And so seeing the visual representations of it might help out in that thread. Um, really appreciate it, you guys. And I'll talk to you again next week. Thanks very much. We actually have a special guest for next week. Just dropping the lead in there especially if you happen to be in the discord server a lot i don't know i think it's gonna be fun i'm really looking forward to it um yeah see you then bye yeah chicken or crow chicken or crow crossing the road go clicking a poll twitter is gold player unfold so jake on the table and they on the place though pete enumerates the plays are analytical Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that, I, I like mortar. Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore. I am at a crossroads. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road. Go, clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play unfold. So, Jake on the table and they on the plays. No, Pete enumerates the plays are analytical. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road. Go, clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play unfold. So, Jake on the table and they on the plays. No, Pete enumerates the plays are analytical.